Can you praise God tonight? Come on, give Him some praise. Give Him some praise. He is worthy. He is able. He is good. He is mighty. He is victorious. <laughs> he is our protector. He's our provider. Oh, we can trust in Him. He's our refuge. He's our strong tower. We can run to Him. He's a good, good Father. He's so good. Hi everyone, how are you? Hello, hi, I'm Esther. It's nice, nice to see you all today. They're gonna put a photo of my baby up on the screen. Go on team, go on. They'll do it soon. So I've, oh my gosh, that's my son. His name is Malachi Benjamin Greenwood. And he's just over three months old, so I'm like a novice mum. And uh, Ben and I are muddling through with by the grace of God, but this is our wee miracle Malachi. And there's a few things I just wanna share with you before you sit down tonight that Malachi has taught us, um, that God has taught us through Malachi. And one of the things is, it's really insane, as a, as a mum, it doesn't matter what I'm doing in the house, uh, if Malachi cries, I can hear it. My ears are tuned to that child's voice. And people won't hear it. People will be like, is it really? No, no, it's the cat. And I said, no, no, that's my, that's my boy. And sure enough, I will go into his room and he will be crying and I'll be able to soothe him. Do you know, also Malachi with the crying situation, he doesn't pick the most appropriate times for the crying. He doesn't wait until it's appropriate, like 10 o'clock in the morning, to start crying. He doesn't care who's around. He doesn't care who's around. If I need something, if something is wrong, I'm going to cry out and I know that one of my parents, they're gonna come for me. I love that about Malachi. I love that about children. I love that children don't wait until it's appropriate before they cry out for what they need. Tonight, don't wait till it's appropriate for you to cry out for your need. There is a God in heaven whose ears are tuned into your cry. And all you gotta do, all you gotta do is let a cry from your belly from your spirit, say, God, I need you. God, I can't have another year like last year. God, I need a miracle. God, I need you to break through in my finances. God, I need you to restore this relationship. God, I need you to provide. God, I need a miracle. God, I don't understand, but I know you're gonna come and you're gonna comfort me. I don't have the answers why, but I know if I cry out. Come on, can we cry out tonight? Can you cry out? not wait for an appropriate time. Any time is an appropriate time to ask God. Any time is an appropriate time to cry out to your Father. Any time. Well, you know what else Malachi's taught me? He's taught me about cleaning up messes. <laughs> and um, I remember it was a funny time. About three o'clock in the morning, Malachi's about two and a half weeks old, and uh, Benjamin's up, 
Let's just give him a hand for getting up at three o'clock in the morning. Come on. Benjamin's up. I've just fed him. Benjamin's changing his nappy. And uh, he's there on the change table changing Malachi's nappy. And all of a sudden, Ben, oh, and then a laugh. And I said, what happened? And he said, Malachi just peed on me. Do you know what Ben didn't do? Ben didn't jump out of the way. He just stood there. (laughs) He just stood there like, oh man, wow, that's never happened before. Do you know what we didn't do? We didn't leave Malachi there to clean up his own mess. Do you know, I know some of you, I understand that some of you will, but for me, it is a privilege to clean up messes for my son. It's a privilege for me to clean up his mess. And too many times we hide our mess from God like we gotta clean it up ourselves. And you know what, there's responsibility we must take and accountability we must have for the decisions we make. But ultimately there ain't no mess that God will not clean up, that God cannot clean up. There's no broken that's too broken. There's no ugly that's too ugly. There's no shame that'll keep him away. But for God, He's done everything possible so He can come into contact with you. That's the cross. So He can come into contact with you and say, I got you. I got your mess. I got your shame. That's what the cross is for. And miracles can be yours. The last thing I suppose I've learned as a parent, and this is something my mother has taught me, and she's told me this, and I I hope you can understand this in context. She said, Esther, you don't raise a child because you have a child. You already have a child, he is a child. What you must do is you must raise a confident, strong, young man who loves God. And so with that perspective, I thought, well, yeah, well, how am I supposed to do that? I don't know. But with that perspective, do you know, every time we put Malachi down for a nap, we pray for him and we speak promise over his life and we speak strength and we speak courage and we speak kindness over him and we thank God for the person that he's going to become. And this is the thing that I love also about God, that God will hear your cry and he will clean up your mess, but he is interested in who you are becoming and he will call it over you and speak it over you and pull you out of the mess so you can understand you were born for greater, you were made for more. There's something that you were meant to do on the earth that what you're doing might be great but there's more God's got for you and I love that and I hear God calling us as a people come on forward come on let's go let's go let's go come on people of promise people of blessing people of abundance people of great marriages people of great great um, not great student loans what is no student loans that's the one great testimonies of no student loans In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you. You're a good Father. And as we come before you tonight, we're just ready to receive from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, Like, high five some people. Um, Like, five people, take a seat. I, um, I, really, I really love being um, a mum, like all five minutes of it have been fantastic. 
um, and, uh, and God has really blessed us. And one of the things that I've been overwhelmed with in the last three months really is uh, a lot of what Pastor Steve was talking about this morning is the benefit and the blessing that it is to be in the house of God and in the community of faith. Um, and it's, it's been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and and I, think, I think I'm thinking like this because as I pray over my son, I know that this is the community that he will inherit. This is the community that welcomes in the broken. This is the community that literally takes the lonely and put them in families. That's my testimony, that I came into this house and I found family here. And I, 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 I found my fight here in this community of faith. This is where I found my voice, this shy young girl. In this community of faith, this voice was encouraged. Come on, Esther, go for it. Come on, Esther, you can do it. This was the community of faith that I found a husband. Let's go, come on, get, can I get an amen? Single people. Or he found me, you know. We found each other. This is the... And in, 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 in this house, Pastor Sam married us, which was awesome. Next week, we get to dedicate our child. Pastor Isaac is going to dedicate our baby. And this is the community of faith where, where Malachi will find his voice, where Malachi will find his purpose. And I encourage you, there's nothing like longevity in the house of God. They nothing like it. There's nothing like longevity in a community of faith where you learn how to deal with conflict, you learn how to deal with offenses, you learn how to grab hold of the promise and run. It's absolutely phenomenal. And so, uh, you know, can I encourage you? Uh, whatever you gotta do, and there's probably many things you can do, but do whatever you can to have longevity in the house of God, to stay planted. Those who are planted in the house of God will flourish. Yeah, no pot plants, right? That just come in with your own business going on, standing on the side, and then when you're done, you just go, go out and plant yourself somewhere else. No pot plants here. We plant in the house of God, right? Okay, cool. Uh, turn in your Bibles to Mark in chapter two. And I uh, hopefully won't take long tonight because I, I, know, I know God is wanting to do uh, something incredible in each of us, and I really wanna get out of the way as soon as I can. And Mark chapter two is a wonderful story where Jesus heals a, a paralyzed man. And I'm just gonna read um, uh, from verse one. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived, carrying a paralyzed man on the mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head and they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy, only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your heart? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up. Grabbed his mat 
and walked out through the stunned onlookers. And they were all amazed. And they praised God, exclaiming, we never seen anything like this before. Man, this is a bad sign, fam. <laughs> wow, this is gonna get out of control. <laughs> Uh, this year, I pray we go through the roof. I pray as a community of faith, we go through the roof. And often when we say that, that, that sentence, man, it went through the roof. It's this ex exponential, uncontrollable, like, wow, it went through the roof. But I love this kind of through the roof. This kind of through the roof that is intentional, that is determined, that is innovative, that is creative, that has some ingenuity in it, some good old Kiwi ingenuity in it, that if I can't get through the front, I'm gonna find another way. I'm gonna find another way. I came here for the healing. I will find another way. Just because I can't get through the door, it don't mean nothing. I'm gonna find another way. I love it. And in Jesus' name that we would go through the roof. Let nothing stop us this year, no obstacle. Nothing stop us from getting to where God wants us to go as individuals, as, 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 as a family, as e-groups. Come on, let's go through the roof. If there's not a way straight forward in Jesus' Name that a creativity and a determination would rise within us, then God, I wanna go through the roof. I'm gonna scale the walls. I'm gonna climb up higher until I get, I'ma rip the roof off and I will get to you. In Jesus' Name. In the story, however, there was a man who couldn't go through the roof. Thank God he had friends. He himself couldn't make it to Jesus, but he had four friends. And one of the things, I, in, in order for us to go through the roof, we need, as I've already said, this community. We need a community of faith because sometimes we can't get ourselves there. All of the time. We can't get ourselves there. We're designed to have to complete things together with each other. That we can't, we, we legit can't do things in isolation. But we're designed as human beings that we do things in community with each other. And I love this. And I just want to challenge perhaps some young people in the house in terms of your relationships. Uh, do you know what? Uh, I, I think it's great if you have friends that are going to sit with you in your discomfort and your disability. I think it's better if you have friends who will pick you up and take you to Jesus. Right? Because when I'm paralyzed by fear, when I'm paralyzed by insecurity, when I'm paralyzed by my past, I don't need people to come and sit with me in my discomfort. I need people to come and take me in my discomfort and disability and say, I'm here with you, Esther, but we're taking you to Jesus. And we're going and we're, we're gonna take you to Jesus because He's the one. And in Jesus' Name, it's really important that we have, that's why I love e-groups. Because that's a space where if you can't get yourself to Jesus, there's a, there's a group there that will pray for you, that will pray with you, that will put you on a stretcher, pick you up and walk you to Jesus. And I love that. 
They arrived and there was no way through. So they were like, okay, well, let's look. We came this far. Let's just go up onto the roof. Do you know, I wonder how many of us uh, who, who might be walking with someone in need or who ourselves might be in need and we might walk to Jesus and the house is full and we can't get to Jesus. And so we say something like, oh, look, well, maybe it's not God's timing. Or, oh, you know what? Maybe God just didn't feel like healing today. But I wonder how many of us would say, the word of God says, by his stripes, we are healed. He said it in his word. And if the house is full and I can't get through this way, I am going to climb the walls and I'm going to rip open the roof. And I'm going to lower you down to Jesus. Once you get there, you do what you need to do. Come on, who needs friends like that? I love that. I love that. And so as a community, I think, how can we do that practically? You know what? It's as simple as asking some questions. How you going? Is there anything that I can help with? Can I pray for you? Can I come visit you? Can I go with you to your doctor's appointment? Yeah, I don't have to, I'll, I'll sit in the waiting room with you. Can I bring you some food? Can I, can I message you daily some scriptures? And I, can, I, can I send you prophetic words? Is there any way that I can connect you with other people? It's not actually that hard. But I pray that we would be the kind of community that picks people up and says, we'll take you to Jesus. Do you know that's all really we can do anyway? We can't do the saving. We can't do the healing. That's not in our own power, in our own strength. But we can take people to Jesus. And I pray that as a people, that's what we would do. It says Jesus saw their faith and then, be, and then the healing process began. You know, tonight, I don't know uh, what you're going through, what struggles or challenges you have, what victories you stand in. But if you are here and you, and I think there are lots of people here, but if you are here and you feel like you don't have enough faith to ask, to get up, and to walk to Jesus, I wanna say it's okay. I brought my faith today. I want to say it's okay. Peter brought her faith today. Pastor Scott brought his faith today. Mike brought his faith today. There's a community of people here. We brought our faith. And here in this place, if you don't have enough faith, we got faith for you today. We got faith for the healing right now. We got faith for the breakthrough right now. We got faith that God will interrupt any situation on your behalf. If you can't believe for yourself, that's okay. Today, we can believe for you. And in Jesus' name, that a repeat would occur, that Jesus would see our faith. The importance of the community of faith. Oh, right now. Come on, if that's you, there ain't no more appropriate time than now. 
There's no more appropriate time than now. And if you have a need, but you have not the faith to ask, or you have not the faith to come before Jesus yourself, we're here and we would love to pray with you. We would love to pray for right now in this moment. So if that's you, would you, I, I know it's a bit awkward, would you put, put your hand up? And if you want, if you want a community of faith to come around you, awesome, awesome. Yeah, move, do what you gotta do. Just wave, come up the front, whatever. Uh, and, and come on, let's begin to move. Community of faith. If you need Jesus, if you need Him to break through, but you perhaps don't have the faith for it, come on right now, right now, stand where you are. Lift up your hand where you are. Say, I need prayer. And people gonna come around you. If you've got faith, come on, move now. Move now. Why don't you stand to your feet, church? Stand to your feet so people can have some access. And we're just gonna let the Holy Spirit do what He needs to do right now. That there is faith in the house for a miracle. There is faith in the house for breakthrough. If you need prayer and no one has, has got a hand on you at the moment, keep your hand up and people will come around you. There's a hand over here and a hand at the back. Come on, people of faith, let's get around. Let's pray right now in the name of Jesus that He's gonna move on your behalf and break through on your behalf and depression and anxiety will no longer have hold of you in Jesus' Name. I speak against worry that will plague people's mind, a worry of the future. Come on, if that's you, a worry of the future that is paralyzing you right now. In Jesus' Name, the Spirit of God God is moving so you can be free tonight. So we declare in Jesus' Name, freedom, breakthrough, healing in the Name of Jesus. Just, just on my heart, I just there's just a, a sense that I can just sense people are worried. Worried is an anxiety, particularly about the future. And I just sense the Spirit of God just coming in, the Comforter, saying that you, that if only you would rest in Him, if you would give Him your future, if you would just trust in Him, take rest in Him, 
in peace, knowing that He's got it under control. So if that's you trying to figure out the future and there's a confusion about the future right now, I declare in Jesus' name that you would have a confidence, a blessed assurance that God is gonna take care of you and, in, and that He would light up the next step in your path and that you're not to worry about 10 years down the road, but right here, right now, God will direct you. God will direct you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I think pe people might still be being prayed for. That's great. I'm going to carry on talking. Yeah? Cool. If you want, you can take a seat. Yeah. I, I didn't think of the logistics of this, really. But that's okay. We're family, right? It's all right. Thank you, God. If you're still in a moment of prayer, please carry on. That's, I'm, I'm cool with that. <clears throat> and I, th I think it's really important that we are the kind of people that take opportunities for prayer. We're the kind of people that uh, put up our hand and say, yeah, man, I, I, need, I need someone to pray for me. I need someone to walk with me. <clears throat> the story continues on. I mean, oh, you guys are gonna be here now forever. So, you know, get comfy. I love, I love this team. Oh, you guys are the bomb. It's a, it's a, did you know this the stripes? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's okay. Tom's, Tom's in, the, in this morning's uniform, eh? Tom's been serving all day. God bless you. Yeah. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. For some of the teachers of religious law were sitting there and thought to themselves, what's he saying? Only God can forgive sins and Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. And he says, why do you question this in your heart? Is it easier to say to a paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven or stand up, pick up your mat and walk. So I'll prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He turned to the man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And I think we all know that it's rather curious that this obviously paralyzed man gets lowered down from the roof in front of Jesus. And um, Jesus doesn't say, stand up, pick up your mat and, and go and walk. What Jesus does say is your sins are forgiven. And I really love that about Jesus. I really love that Jesus is aware of all of our needs, but as a priority, He addresses our deepest needs. And I think sometimes we can be distracted by the many, many needs that we have, that we neglect or we forget to realize that the one need we really have on the inside is that we need our sins to be forgiven and we need relationship with Jesus. Because we all know, we've all read Genesis, that the seed of sin and suffering and every affliction, it came, oh, sorry, the seed of suffering and affliction, it came from that first sin and that that sin separates us from God, it separates us from Him. And that the the, the, the deepest concern of humanity is a separation from 
Jesus. The deepest question and the deepest concern for humanity is a disconnection from our Creator. And so one of the very obvious tricks of the enemy is to disconnect, to divide, to separate, not just us from God, but us from each other. And I love that Jesus addresses the most, the deepest need first. Your sins are forgiven. What you've been carrying around in guilt and shame, it is gone. It's done with. You don't have to, you, you can hold your head up high. You don't have to carry around any shame anymore. Your sins are forgiven. I am, by the way, you can stand up, pick up your mat and go. I love that. And if there's one thing, and so, look, here's, here's the thing that I've learned. Going to e-group doesn't mean I'm connected. Going to church doesn't mean I'm connected. Serving in a team for 15 years doesn't mean I'm connected. What means, what makes me connected is in those places, I allow the Spirit of God to address the deepest need. That's what makes me connected. That means shame leaves my life and I'm not afraid to have a real conversation with someone. That means sin and guilt, that's not a part of my identity anymore. I can hold my head up high. When God says and tells me the promises He's got for me, I can receive them. Why? Not because I go to e-group, not because I go to church every Sunday and not because I serve on a team, but in those places, in those places, I allow God to address my deepest need. In the place of service, I allow God to address my need of being a contributing citizen of society. In the community of faith, I allow God to address my need of belonging. In all of these spaces, I allow God, come on, we, we can't mess around. In these, in, in these places, it's incredible opportunity for us to just open up and say, okay, God, I'm ready to hear from you. Okay, God, I'm giving you access to the very deepest parts of me. And so I pray this year, connection. I pray for a community of faith, but I pray in those places where the community of faith gathers, there is a deep connection with God and a deep connection with each other. Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. And lastly, he says, he turns to the paralyzed man. He says, stand up, pick up your mat and go, go home. Stand up, pick up your mat and walk. And I love this. I love this part, fam. I love it. Because I'm the, I need something to do kind of girl. And I love, I love that with the healing comes a directive to move. 
And if there's one thing that God has spoken to me over the, over the time that I've, that I've had Malachi is this, that God means for the purpose of movement. He mends us for a purpose of moving. That's the point of being mended. It's the point of being healed. The point of being healed for a broken heart is so we can love again. But we're just holding back for some reason. But God has healed us. The point of being healed and mended is so you can stand up, pick up the duties and responsibilities of what it is to be a follower of Christ and begin to walk in the Name of Jesus. And it's so important. And you know me, like, right, I'm like asking the Lord questions. I don't know how to do that with a newborn baby. You know, and then Pastor Scott, flick me a text, hey, you wanna speak at Summer Revolution? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that with a kid. <laughs> I think I need help. And, I, and being at Summer Revolution, it, it, it was absolutely phenomenal and I'll keep coming if, you know, as long as I can before Scott kicks me out, he's too old. But I, on the last night, Friday night of Summer Revolution, Pastor Blake Young is killing it on the stage. The Holy Spirit is moving. It is fire. And I can't be in the room because Malachi's headphones fell off. And I can't get them back on because I'm real uncoordinated. And so I put Malachi in his pram and I take him out to the foyer. And I'm just sitting there in the foyer, you know, that mum walking up and down in the foyer, just wanting to be inside the room like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Like FOMO, FOMO. And the foyer is all glass windows, right? So I'm just like, oh man, I wanna be all up in there. But I can't, so I'm just in the foyer with Malachi. Malachi's sleeping. And I sit down and uh, you know, I'm just there hanging out, waiting for it to finish. And as I'm sitting there, you know, young people are walking in and out, going to the toilet. I say that because they're really on their phones. Some young people were coming out because there were uh, PowerPoints all along the side of the wall, plugging in their phones, doing a little texty text, then go back inside. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there and there's uh, young people going in and out. Sorry, Pastor Scott, I should have said something. <laughs> I'm not going to be invited back now. <laughs> I was looking after my baby. And, this, uh, and there was a young person who walked out and they, they were, you know, standing there. And I looked at them, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they were still standing there. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then I looked and I was like, oh, they're standing there for a reason. And then I, I looked closer and this young person was crying. I said, come here, come here, come here, sit down. Came and sat down, started talking. And I, uh, I just... Uh, I, I talked with that young person I, no, no longer than seven minutes and I, I just held that young person as they cried and cried and cried and I prayed for them and I prophesied over them and we exchanged numbers you know they, they told me I'm not sure how to, how to pray and I said that's cool I can teach you how to pray that's okay and we hugged and they walked away then as they walked away, another young person came and then sat next to me. I was, I was like, Hello. <laughs> he started talking. Okay. 
and sharing and and so I, I lay hands on them and I pray and I prophesy and I encourage them. And then I hug them and they're okay, cool. And then another young person came, sat down. And I thought, oh, okay. You know, and it's, it's hilarious, eh? Because these the Malachi wakes up and he starts screaming. This young person doesn't care. That's right, we'll wait. And I'm like, okay, let me just tend to my child soothe Malachi and they're just waiting there and I, I, I guess I just share that story it's just, it's because for me God said no matter where you are you don't need a microphone you don't need a platform all you need to do is just have some space open your eyes and see people Open your eyes and love people. Open your eyes, stand up, pick up your mat and walk, Esther. I've healed you, Esther, for this moment. Having a child is not an excuse for you not to love people kind of moment. Having a child is not an excuse to hide behind any sort of stereotype, you can love people right there. And I wanna encourage you, where God has mended you, come on, move. You don't need a platform. You don't just go into the foyer after this and have one real conversation. That's all you gotta go into the foyer and, and hang out in the foyer for 10 minutes longer and have a real conversation with someone and see people. Go to the red or the black tent afterwards. That's what they're there for. You don't even have to try. The people who go there really wanna have conversations. And if you were just to go there, you can meet someone new and have a conversation. And just like that, you have stood up and you have picked up your mat and you are walking in the miracle power of Jesus. And I love that. And I think if I may just say, some of us have been healed by Jesus and then we sit in on our mat again. Some of us have experienced the power of God and we're just holding it to ourselves. Come on, man. There's literally a whole generation who's waiting for you to wrap their arms, your arms around them. There's a whole generation. Come on, if you're here and you're older than 25, there's a whole generation underneath you waiting for you to teach them how to pray, teach them how to serve, teach them how to worship, teach them how to break through. If you're under 25, there's a whole generation here who was able to teach you, allow them. And you might be thinking, how do you do that? Do you know the way I did it? I joined a team. I joined the creative team. And in the creative team, there were older people like Isaac, Wayne and Libby, not old people, older people. Come on, man. There were older people like Isaac, Wayne and Libby. They taught me how to walk into the presence of God. They taught me how to worship. They were my pastors and leaders as I served in youth that taught me how to stand up, pick up my mat, and let's go. 
They taught me how to, how to make friends with people that'll take you to Jesus. Real practical note. I just made friends with all the leaders. I was a 14-year-old and all of my friends were leaders. They were the youth leaders at the time. Why? Because for my logical 14-year-old mind, it was just like, I'm just gonna make friends with people who I wanna be like. And everyone my age, I don't wanna be like that. I was like, I don't want that life, that's not fun. You don't make that look good. But I looked at my leaders, I looked at my leaders like Farrelly Fawasser. <laughs> like Lissiali Latu. DeLuan, Lissiali DeLuan. She was Latu when I was young. Like Jackie MacArthur. Joe, all those three women, they are still in the house today. They still serve in the house today. Farrelly right now is looking after my baby. Again, that is the blessing of a community of faith. Friends like that who will take you to Jesus, walk with you through every age, through every season, through every space, pray with you, be there for you. Won't you stand to your feet? Oh. Romans 15 and verses one to two, the message version. I think it's gonna go up on the screen. It says this, those of us who are strong and able in faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter not just to do what is most convenient for us. Strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? If there's one prayer that I've had lately, it's simply that, Jesus, how can I help? I see the need and I have my own need. How can I help? I see the gaps and in my life I have my own gaps. What part do I have to play? What do I do, Jesus? And here in this moment, we're just gonna get the team to lift up some worship. But in this moment, I pray that you would ask God that question. God, how, how can I help? How, how do I stand up and pick up my mat and walk forward? How do I do that? Is it, is, is it an e-group? Is it serving on a team? Is it allowing, allowing you to get to the very nitty gritty of what's going on in my life? but underneath it all, the desire in you is I wanna move forward in you, Jesus. I don't wanna stand where I've been standing in 2018. I don't even wanna stand where I've been standing in January. It's February now, God, and I wanna move forward. There's a whole year ahead of me, God. And so in this place, as the team lifts up worship, I pray that there would be downloads of innovation and creativity, that this year we would go through the roof in the name of Jesus.